Well, let me help you out here a little bit. I know this time of year, you know, everybody's shopping and trying to find those special gifts and everything. And so I just have a a gift suggestion. Uh, If you have nieces and nephews, uh, grandkids, uh, musical instruments are always a great gift (laughs) for other people's kids, right? A few weeks after Christmas, one little boy told his uncle, he said, that, that drum set that you got me, that is the best gift I've ever gotten. And the uncle, of course, was pleased. He said, so you play it a lot? He said, oh, no, I don't play it. He said, my mom gives me a dollar a day not to play it during the day. And my dad gives me $5 a week not to play it at night. <laughs> that young man's going to be very successful someday. All right. Let's pray and just ask God to speak to our heart. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, that it is full of truth. And Father, I pray that the Holy Spirit would help us today to have ears to hear, eyes to see, and a heart to understand. Father, that we might walk in a greater fullness of who you are and who you are in our lives. I pray, Father, that the Holy Spirit would just move and work in our hearts during this service. Lord, that we would truly be changed in some way and live to your honor and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, this morning, I'm going to share some truths, some scripture with you. In fact, some of these verses I've talked about just recently, but I think it's really important for us to hear these verses and understand these truths from the Word of God. Number one, to strengthen our own faith, but also so that we can be a witness for the Lord and so we can talk to others confidently about our faith. So we're going to begin with Isaiah chapter 7 and verse 14. This is a prophecy that was given of the Lord Jesus' birth 700 years before it happened. This is what it says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign, and what a sign it was. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. This must have sounded bizarre When this prophecy was given, people probably thought that this is just some strange, weird prophet speaking this nonsense that a child is going to be born by a virgin and that he's going to be called Emmanuel. In Isaiah 9 and 6, it says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. How is it that a child who will be born will be called the Mighty God and the Everlasting Father? You need to know these truths from the Word of God when you talk to other people about the Lord. Because I'm telling you, this just makes it so clear that the one who came was God Himself. He's the mighty God, the everlasting Father. You know, when you read these verses and hear these verses, I don't know how anybody could doubt the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ, but it's such a crazy time that we live in that there are even those who claim to be Christian and yet question whether or not Jesus was truly God. You need to know. 
John 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus, the Word. Verse 14 of that same chapter. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. The Creator of all things took on a created body that He might walk among us. Oh, that is an amazing truth. The one who is uncreated, the only uncreated, the creator of all things, took on a creative body so he could walk among us. Colossians 2.9 says, For in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in a bodily form. Listen, not just a little bit or a third of the deity, all the fullness of the deity lives in Jesus in a bodily form. Oh, wow, what an amazing truth that it tells us about who Jesus is, that He truly is God. Matthew 1, 22 and 23 is part of the Christmas story, and it is the fulfillment of the prophecy that we read from the book of Isaiah So all this was done that it might be be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. What does Emmanuel mean? God with us. Listen, I, I want you to get that. That's what that word means, that name means. Now, you know, they were told to call him Jesus, to name him Jesus, and they did. They named him Jesus, but he is also to be known as Emmanuel. Why? Because he is God with us. There in that manger, in the form of a little baby, God came to earth that day. See, all the religions of man are men trying to come up with who they think God should be. And there's even some of that in what's called the Christian religion. People trying to come up with who they think that God should be. But I want to tell you something, that in all the wisdom of man, man can never know God that way. It doesn't matter how smart you are, how high your IQ, how much education you have, you can't You can't figure God out. You can't know Him with the reasoning, with the wisdom of man. 1 Corinthians 1.21 tells us, "Since Since in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God. It pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. You see, it's not by the wisdom of man that we can know God. It is only by believing the message of the gospel that God came to earth to reconcile us, to save us, to redeem us. That's the only way that anybody can know God. That's the only way they can have a relationship with Him. Never by the wisdom of man, but only by believing the message. How can you believe in a virgin birth? That's just crazy. I believe the message of the gospel that my Savior came to earth to rescue me, to redeem me. That's what it takes, church. And I'll tell you, in this world, we need to know that not only for ourselves, but so that we can tell others what Christmas is really all about. 
It is about God coming to earth. Emmanuel, God with us. God stepped into history in the form of a little baby to be with us. He came to reveal himself in the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I and the Father are one. We need to understand, God gave his Son... John 3.16 tells us, because he loves us. But you also need to understand that in the giving of God's Son, he was giving himself. All the fullness of the Godhead dwells in the body of the Lord Jesus. Jesus and the Father are one. He is giving himself also. The person of the Son... God came to be with us. Emmanuel, God with us. That's what the Christmas story is really all about. God coming to be with us. He came to a lost and dying world as Jesus, the one who would save us from our sins. He came into a world of darkness as the light of the world. He came into a world of despair to bring hope. He came to those who were sick as the healer, to those who were bound as the deliverer. He came to comfort those who mourn. He came to the poor, and he became poor that we might be made rich. He came to the guilty sinner that we might be made righteous. He came to a world filled with hatred and sorrow to bring love and joy. A world filled with stress and fear to bring peace. He came. God himself came. It's amazing. Contrary to what some might think, the first Christmas, that message was not proclaimed by the Pope at the Vatican. It didn't come from Tulsa, Oklahoma or Springfield, Missouri. It wasn't produced in Hollywood. They didn't show it on TBN. No, the first Christmas, didn't, there wasn't any camera lights there. And almost everybody missed it. The shepherds came. The wise men saw the star and they made their trek. And they came later and worshipped him. But most of the world was totally unaware that Emmanuel had come. God with us. That the king of kings had come. You ever wondered why the king of kings chose to come into this world as a tiny baby instead of coming as the conquering king? He came as a baby born of a virgin in a manger in a barn in the meekest, lowliest way, unnoticed by the world. The manger speaks of a God who wants to identify with the poor and the humble, the unfortunate, the struggling mothers, the homeless, the fearful, the hurting, the regular person on the street. See, the manger speaks to every one of us that's ever felt insignificant. Have you ever felt left out, too little, too late? He was born in a barn because there was no room for them in the inn. He was raised in a blue-collar family. 
He worked in the family business. He was the God of the universe, but he never went to a university. He never held a public office. He didn't live in a palace. He was the creator of everything, and yet he came in humble means. He came for the lowly shepherd. He came for the wise men who brought their expensive gifts. You see, he came for all of us. And he was touchable. He was reachable. He was Joseph's son, the carpenter. That's, that's how they knew him, Joseph the carpenter's son. That's how they knew him in his hometown until he began his ministry. And here's a verse of prophecy about Jesus that is often left out. Isaiah 53 is another passage of great prophecy of the Lord Jesus. But one verse that is often not quoted is verse 2. It says, He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to Him, nothing in His appearance that we should desire Him. You know, whenever Hollywood portrays Jesus in a movie, they always find some really good-looking actor. Oh, but I can tell you this, that wasn't what drew people to Jesus. Oh, they were drawn to him, but it wasn't anything about his appearance that drew people to him. Oh, those are always, you know, artist ideas or Hollywood's ideas. That he was just like us. He was a normal person. He was fully God, but he was also fully man. The friend of sinners, that's what they called him. There were many that followed him, some who loved him, a few who were truly devoted to him. Oh, but there were so many who hated him, who despised him, who rejected him. When you realize that the Almighty came and walked and talked with sinners, people just like you and me, amazing, the Almighty. He knew what it was to be despised. He knew what it was to be persecuted for doing right. He knew, he knew what it was to be repaid evil for doing good. He knew what it was to be hurt. He was acquainted with grief and sorrow. But he came to be with us so that he could go through everything that we go through. He is Emmanuel, God with us. He came to be with us. He came as a baby that he might be one of us, fully God, but fully man. He came to be our high priest, our advocate with the Father. You see, God came to walk in our shoes to live among us. Hebrews 4.15 says, we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. He knows what we go through. He knows what we feel, not just because he's omniscient God and he knows everything. He knows because he came born as a baby and lived in this world. He walked in our shoes. And one way or another, the Bible says he went through all the things that we do. He was tempted in all points like as we are yet without sin. Emmanuel, God with us. Why did he come that way? 
to be with us so we could be with him. That was the only way. He came to redeem us. He came meek, gentle, innocent, spotless, sinless, Lamb of God to take away the sin of the world. That's why he came to pay the price for us, for our sins, to bring us back into a relationship with him. This baby born in a manger, he was born to die. Born to die on a cross for the sin of man and then to rise again. You know what? There's always going to be people who reject the true Christmas story. People that reject the idea that God came to earth in the form of a little baby. People that reject the idea that he was born of a virgin and lived a sinless life and died on the cross and rose again. But I'll tell you, we ought to know that we know that we know that these truths are real. We ought to know it so confidently in our heart that during this time of Christmas, what a great opportunity it is for us to talk about our faith and to tell people what it's really all about. There are a lot of people celebrating Christmas without Christ. How empty, how worthless is that? We need to tell them what the real story is, that God came to be with us, Emmanuel, God with us. See, he's always wanted to be with us before the fall of man. God would walk and talk with Adam and Eve in the garden. He wants to be with us. Genesis 5 and 24, it tells us that Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. Some people just suppose automatically that that means that he died, but the book of Hebrews tells us that Enoch did not see death. God just said, hey, come on up here. I want you to know, he wants all of us to come on up there. That There's coming that day when he wants his people to be with him for eternity. He told Isaac in Genesis 26 and 3, I will be with you and bless you and your descendants. When Jacob, his son, had to leave home because he'd been such a liar and so deceptive with his own family, Jacob is out in the middle of nowhere all alone and he has this dream and God speaks to him in Genesis 28 15 the Lord says to him behold I am I am with you and will keep you wherever you go will bring you back to this land for I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken to you listen he had this Great revelation that God said, I will be with you and I won't leave you. I will be with you. When you're all alone, sometimes you just feel all alone, maybe in a crowd. But whether you feel all alone or you truly are all alone, he's with you. Jacob, when he awoke in verse 16, it tells us, that he said, surely the Lord is in this place and I did not know it. And you know what? A lot of the time we're just so unaware that God is with us. Joseph had trouble with his brothers. They hated him so much they sold him into slavery. Then he's falsely accused and put into prison, forgotten in prison. In this terrible, terrible situation, Genesis 39 and 3 tells us the Lord was with him. 
there in the prison, the Lord was with him. No matter how bad your situation or circumstance, whatever you might be going through, we serve a God, Emmanuel. He is God with us. Wherever we are, he's with us. Moses, when the Lord called him from the burning bush and told him to go back to Egypt and lead his people out of Egypt, Exodus 3, 12, the Lord said to him, I will be with you. Moses is talking about all of his weaknesses and his inabilities. But God says, I will be with you. You know, Moses led probably about 2 million people through a wilderness. How do you feed that many people? Listen, I will be with you. When your responsibilities seem too great for you to bear, you need to remember this, that God is with you. Joshua, when he... When Moses passed away and Joshua had to lead the children of Israel into the promised land, Joshua 1.5, the Lord says to him, just as I have been with Moses, I will be with you. I will not fail or forsake you. See, when you've been given a task that's too much for you, you need to remember that God is with you. Judges 1.6, God calls this man Gideon. And Gideon has been hiding out from the enemy, but God calls him to lead his people in, in battle to victory. And Gideon says, but I'm the least of my family, and my family is the least in Israel. Listen, you need to understand that it's not about our weakness and our problems. It is about this God who is always with us. The Lord said to Gideon, surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat Midian as one man. See, when you think your battle is too much, God is with you. David The man after God's own heart. He knew God's heart. So he says it himself in Psalm 23 and 4. He says, I will fear no evil. You are with me. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. You are with me. Jeremiah, the young prophet, he thought he was too young to be used of God. Are you too young? Are you too old? Are you too something for God to use you? I want you to know the Lord told young Jeremiah in Jeremiah 1.8, Do not be afraid. I am with you. The Lord says to his people in Isaiah 43, 1 and 2, Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. I'll be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. At the end of the Great Commission, in Matthew 28, Jesus is sending his church out into the world to make disciples. And in verse 20, He says, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Now, strange thing here is, what happens next? He leaves. He just said, I'll be with you always, even to the end of the age. And then he leaves. How can this be? They knew, and we need to know, 
that He is with us in the person of the Holy Spirit. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, they are one. And He is just as much with us today as He was that day when He said, I will always be with you even to the end of the age. God with us. Yes, He is. We need to remind ourselves of this truth. Listen, not just when we feel it, not just when things are going good, not just when we're walking in victory, but in the most difficult times of life, that's when it matters most that He will never leave us nor forsake us. He's with us while we sleep. God is with me. He's with us while we're driving. He's with us while we're working. He's in the store when you go shopping. He's with us. Yes, He is. You see, if we know that God is with us, it changes things. There's no reason to fear. If we know that God is with us, we'll tell you it'll change how you live. It'll change how you treat other people. You might think twice about the way that you talk to your spouse or the way you treat that lost person when you know that God is with you. He's with you, young people, when you go to school. He's with you when you go to a movie. He's with you when you go on a date. That'll change things. He's with you when you get bad news. Emmanuel, God with us. I want to tell you when God shows up, we got everything we need. The battle's over. The sick are healed. I tell you, there is no need that He can't take care of. He is our protector, our provider, our healer, our deliverance. God's with us. If we know that, I tell you, it causes our faith to rise to a new level, to overcome our fears. When we pray, when we talk to Him, He's not far away. He's right here with us. Jesus told the disciples, the one who is with you will be in you. Talking to them about the Holy Spirit. No, he's right here with us. Emmanuel, God with us. And he will always be with us. We just need to be more aware of him and realize that wherever we go, whatever we do, he's with us. Paul Harvey used to always say, now for the rest of the story. So I'm going to give you the rest of the story. It's found at the end of the book of Revelation. Revelation chapter 21, verses 3 and 4. It says this, And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. And God himself will be with them and be their God. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. 
Jesus said he would be with us until the end of the age. And here's the end of the age. Here's what happens at the end of the age, that we're going to be with him for eternity. He came to be with us so we could be with him for all eternity. That's what the Lord wants. That's what heaven is really all about. It's about being with him. It's not about a new Jerusalem and streets of gold. And, you know, I got a mansion just over the hilltop. Listen, all of that's wonderful. But that's not what makes it heaven. It's because we're going to be with him. I want to tell you, listen. Even as wonderful and precious as it is that we will see loved ones who have gone on before. Here's what's really wonderful. We're going to be with the one who came to redeem us, to rescue us, to save us. We'll be with him for all eternity. Emmanuel, God with us. It is the promise of eternity with him in heaven. From the creation of the world and the creator walking with his creation in the garden to a stable in Bethlehem to the cross at Calvary from a tomb in the garden and looking to the promise of his return. Emmanuel, God with us. Say it one more time. He came to be with us so we could be with him for eternity. Stand with me. We're going to pray. I'd like for prayer partners to come.